The first snows at Mentra contains mature themes and works. It is not intended for younger listeners. In addition, the first snows at Mentra is best viewed through stereo headphones. Hosted by www.rpgmp3.com Pantsless Gamers Production. Cause we wouldn't want to get our heads cold. Welcome back, one and all, to the world of Travis. Jeremy Kalish is Briar Fox. Boy, my blade and boy, my honor. I will protect you. Alexander Baxter. At Roland Laurentia. Terra Fio Incendia. Ribbon to get as Gaiwolf Almeida. Elots will be done for divine justice. Danny Lamas is the narrator. York's blade flashes through the air, cutting into your flesh. You stumble back, pain searing through your arm. What do you do? In the first snows at Mentor. A dark fantasy adventure set in the world of promise. Chapter 2 A Night of the Rose. Now, with us today, we have a new player. I'd like to introduce uh, Rami. Rami, if you'd like to say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. Hi. Well, Rami here has uh, annoyed us enough online that we've, in fact, uh, invited him to join us and he's going to be playing today. Uh, Rami, how would you like to tell us a bit about your character? Uh, well, Briar Moss of the Rose family is part of uh, a knightly order that uh, let him down. So now he's a ronin traveling the land trying to do right by uh, his own code of ethics. That's very interesting. What can you tell us about your family? Uh, they were a prominent uh, general-type family. Everybody, uh, all the males in the uh, family joined into the uh, theocracy and the military and became great generals, and lots of uh, big things were expected. Why do you leave? Uh, he found out the theocracy was uh, corrupted at the, you know, at, great at the top, so uh, he decided that uh, he would no longer be uh, part of such a corrupt uh, organization and turn to his own moral code. That's, that's very interesting. You're, you're human, are you not? Yes, I am. Oh, that's, a, that's a nice change. So, uh, yeah. Welcome to the group. Um, 
Is there anything you'd like to say to the folks at home? Hopefully, sorry, I don't find my voice too distracting. <laughs> okay. So that's um, why he doesn't talk a lot. What, because he's a fuck nugget? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he thinks his voice is distracting. Oh, damn. I always get them too confused. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> after we finish insulting each other. Uh, there was something I wanted to do at the beginning, of this, and I've forgotten. Uh, shit, Quote of the game. Quote of the game, no, that's not what I want. Free uh, XP bonuses. No, that's right. You see, unfortunately, we've been having a few complaints. We, unfortunately, have too good a quality sound. So, to make those folks at home listening in feel more comfortable, we need to make background noise. So everybody grab something noisy and rattle it. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> Oi, stop it! <laughs> we do not need to order pizza just yet. <laughs> okay, and that should have got the folks at home nice and comfortable and all relaxed and listening to our beautiful voices. So we can begin. Now, uh, there was loads of bollocks I really wanted to say, and I honestly can't remember any of it, so yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, however, is stay tuned when you hear the exiting sound, because at the end, there's a nice little bit of information about the World Tropis there. Um, there was one in the first episode, but in my infinite wisdom, I didn't think to tell anybody. Even my players didn't know. It was a secret. It was a secret. Indeed, he kept it secret from us. <laughs> like, maybe my true love will find it. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. <laughs> I would like you all to be quiet. Alex, would you like to give us the uh, quote of the game to educate the peons at home? Tell us a little bit about Indeed. It. Indeed, indeed. Uh, this is a quote I thought had relevance to what uh, Danny, our DM, was telling us uh, with a new player joining. Uh, Danny told us that uh, we, were, we were to listen to the other player and not talk over each other. So the quote of the of the game is won by Wilson Misner, who is a uh, playwright from the well, um, 1900s sort of. So he, he died before the Second World War, so yeah, he's long gone now. But the quote goes: "A good listener is not only popular everywhere, but after a while he gets to know something." That explains why I've only got a 95 IQ then. Indeed, indeed, you do not listen. I do no. listen. Well, I don't <laughs> not really. That'd be a blatant lie. Okay, then, gentlemen. Be. I would like silence. And I shall bring us into the game. Now, Remy, I must apologise for you first, because we're going to have to bring you in naturally. So, although admittedly it is down to the players how long it takes them to get to the location where you're going to be entering, you could be sitting out for a little while. Now, I ask you just, just to keep nice and quiet, which shouldn't be too hard for you. And, uh, seeing that you don't say anything anyway... Just sit nice and quiet, be patient, we will get you into the game. If I think it's taking too long, I'll introduce you some other way. Okay. So let silence fall upon you. Beads of sunlight. Rubelin. The cracks in the closed shutters of Ragnar's window. The cold of the night still hangs in the air. 
causing your breath to hang with it. It's morning now. And slowly you are drawn out of this sanctuary of sleep and into the cold morning. You awake at roughly the same time, and above you you can already hear Ragnar moving about, waking too. No doubt soon he should descend the stairs and join you. Today you have a task. Today you shall enter the mental wood, and there, between the fawny trees and dark depths, there you intend to find a small boy. Whether alive or dead, you don't quite fully know. But the predictions point to the former, I mean latter. <laughs> Welcome to your tale of trumpets. It is the 27th of the 11th, 5,008 years after the War of the Gods. And I put this in the wrong position. How ready for editing? <laughs> ready for cheating. Rube, you are the first to awake. Taught from a young age to awake early to greeting the gods. What do you do? Good morning. Hold on, hold on. Is um, We're both awakening at the same time, right? Yes. Oh, so I'm awake too, right? Yep. Okay. Take two. Take two. Okay, you, you'd redo it and I'll go from there. Gailroth sits up from his uh, bedcloth, bedroll. Mm -hmm. Galroth sits up from his bedroll. <clears throat> Good morning. <sighs> Julius grunts and rolls over in his bedroll. <sighs> What's so good about it? Morning is always a time to rejoice. It proves that the sun is as reliable as the gods. Shove him up here. Julius trails off. Galroth's face hardens as he points out a glare at, at Julius. Suppose I should get up. Morning prayer, you see. He stands up, folding the bedcloth, the bedroll. Sorry, again. Take two. He stands up. Rube, folding. Don't, don't worry about making mistakes, mate. It's not a big Sorry. thing. Mistakes, yeah. hell, I make enough of them. Yeah, you do. Just keep uh, going. If you make a mistake like that, just correct yourself and keep going. I would like to Hold state on. that today's game is, is promoted by Ritz Crackers. Those crackers with a rattling crunch. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually sublime messaging. Um, Gailroth sits up, folds the bedroll, places it back upon the floor, and kneels. He then uh, bows his head in solemn prayer, joins his hands, 
Oh, great, now he's going to pray. Ugh. Julius quickly gets out of bed. Right, I'm going to do this purely improvised. Actually, that reminds me, Rube. Yeah? There was very important. There were two very important things I wanted to do at the beginning of the game. And you have successfully reminded me of one, which is reminding me of the other. The first thing, uh, guys, you're going to have to correct me on the pronunciation because this word fucks me over like a cheap person. Alright, what's the word? Mm. Get rid of the Ritz crackers. Firstly, I'd like to thank uh, Fancy Femi. Femi? Fem. Fem. Fancy Fem for giving us a little feedback. Uh, quite detailed, actually, which really, really helped with this episode. I.e., I now know I can get, eat as many Ritz crackers as I want, and nobody will care. Indeed, and I can do this. And I can do this. Oh, shit, I fucking shook it up too much. <laughs> That'll fucking teach me. So it will. Ah, God. <laughs> it's gone also, an amusing, an amusing fact for our listeners. Uh, hanging around with Danny uh, on the internet has made me swear a lot more in my daily life. It's I true. have now become a worse person than I was before I met him. I've now spilled fucking coke all over my floor. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Serves you right, you bastard. Yeah, I did. No, seriously, we'd like <laughs> to thank uh, Fancy Femme for giving us that uh, feedback. It's really helped. And it's nice to know what we're doing good and what we're not doing good. And no doubt swearing will be brought up in the next review. <laughs> <laughs> but no, right I, seriously, if it's really big thank you to that. Also, I would like, I think we all owe a certain someone in the forum a massive thank you. That would be Hal. That would be Hal, yes. We, oh, I think we owe him a big, big thank you for hosting us at all and letting us ramble on about absolutely nothing. Indeed. Like I like it with that. <laughs> what did the captain say? You're entitled. <laughs> ramble on about something that everybody knows. You don't deserve to wear that uniform. <laughs> now, um, shall we, um, Bick? Yeah, yeah, shall we? No, no. I'm still, I'm still. We, we must, we need to kick. We need to, not kick. Oops. We need to kiss Hal's ass more so he gives us more bandwidth. Mm. Oh yeah, Hal's awesome. Everybody, ass kicking, ass kissing time. Mm. <laughs> They're not licking, <laughs> damn it! It's a bit sloppy God. there, Rube. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this is too enthusiastic. It's almost oh. like, almost like he's enjoying it. <laughs> I know. It's supposed to be painful and humiliating, not enjoyable. Thank God. Right. Shall we? Because um, I'd like to do my. I, I mean, I've done some research over the last. Um, well, yesterday. Done some research. <laughs> you know. I've done I've some research <laughs> over the last yesterday. Um, I'd kind of like to That's show funny. off my That's creation, my, my prayer. Okay, okay. Tell us your magnus opus. Oh, ha ha. It's Magnum Opus, by the way. Oh, Magnum Opus, your ass at a minute. <laughs> Magnum Opus. <laughs> oh, I love Thank God for editing. <laughs> right. You know, that's going to stay in, and I'm going to take your voice, and I'm going to, at the end, I'm going to have an hour, an hour, Rube, of you saying, I like cock. 
I like cock. I like okay, cock. Okay, 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 Daddy. will be your payback. <laughs> daddy, Daddy, okay, just... I- I'll say it once and you can copy it. Yeah? I like cock. So you've ruined it now. Now that you, now that you willfully admitted to the people at home that you like the cock, that you of love I have. the cock, I can't, <laughs> uh, I, I can't take the piss out of it anymore. It's just not fun. Exactly. Now, can it's, we no, please? It's, no point, it's no point in calling people gay if they actually are gay. It just takes all the fun out of it. Can we please just get on with it? No. I'm being ignorant and bigotry. Okay, now we can get in game. Thank you. Elons, Forge Father, I welcome this new day. It is your gift to me, a new creation, a promise of resurrection. Dear Lord, I thank you for the gift of being alive this morning, and I thank you for the sleep which has refreshed me. I thank you for the chance to begin anew. Might want to might want to come up with a better ending to it. it kind of ends on a kind of a cliff. Might maybe add something like I don't know. Oh, Elon, hey, I've got, name got a second part. Oh my dear God, have you written a novel? Uh, no, I've 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 actually. There well, should, should be more bits in it about cracking skulls and killing people and the glory of combat and other things a war god yeah. might worship. I'll work on it. <laughs> Besides, during uh, actually, Danny, I have emphasised this during character creation. I did ask for a god of justice and righteousness, but not necessarily a god of war. Your point? My point being, my point. His point being, he's blaming you. No, no. My point being, I, I, I'm not. I, I still have to prepare some more to actually be a cleric of a war god specifically. Well, it's not specifically a war god. We just gave that at the beginning to kind of. I mean, what, what, what would the folk at home prepare? Prefer us to go? It's a dwarven god of war. Or us to go? It's a dwarven god of war. Blah 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 blah. The god. Well, is... that that Danny, that does depend if you say it in the Iliani voice. <laughs> it's a god of war. <laughs> and Danny's the only one who can do it. I am. I rock. And you're not getting it either. Damn. Right. No. <laughs> Rube. Yeah? There, there is a... Uh, this is what I, try, I tried to tell you this yesterday. There is a gross difference between being a follower of the god of war, entering into righteous combat and the fury of your warhammer and the blood and death and honour, justice, that sort of stuff, and being a homicidal maniac who thinks of nothing but killing. You should be the former, not the latter. I know. I mean, what am I doing wrong? I've just said I, a prayer. I don't think you're doing anything wrong. Alex was the one bitching. Alex, you, 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 you must give me a cookie. Fine. Have a cookie. I actually yeah. have cookies. So do I. But they taste like shit. Hmm. Shit cookies? Oh, I love them. Now, um... He concludes his... Galroth concludes his prayers and stands back up, okay. putting his bedroll back in his backpack. 
The party, can, the party can gain 25 experience for the prayer. Thank you very much for that, Rupert. Um, well if done. I prepare, I mean, if I prepare prayers every day, I can basically gain slight amounts of XP every day. Yes, no. you can. Way to power game. No. It's based upon, based upon whether I believe that, well, that, those sorts of ones are based upon, upon the roleplay. If I think you deserve the reward, I will give it to you. Yeah, so everyone has 437. Mm-hmm. Indeed we do. Uh, does, does, um, what's, does Remy get the, uh, yes, all the experience? He, yeah, yeah, he came in with one full, full experience as, as the pie. That's good. It, it would be unfair, of course, if you didn't. Mm. Right. Alex, take it away. Uh, right. Um, oops. Should have done that. Hold on. Uh, well, <coughs> while our priest friend here was busy praying, Julius walked into the other room and uh, decided to take a look around. Okay, the ground floor is not separated by walls or any such separate rooms. It is literally just one room. Near the door in which you first entered, you have the, what could be said the front room, the chairs beside the fireplace and the floor space where you slept. And next to that, it's the stairs leading up to Ragnar's room in the second floor, where Ragnar can be heard moving about. And then you have the kitchen, which is well stocked. Mm-hmm. Um, Julius decides to take a look at the... Um the armor that we saw the other day. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, guys! Can you remember? Remember when I when I when I described the armor? Did I say there's anything particularly on it apart from the insignia and the ranks? No. No. Okay, cool. Upon the breast of the armor. Is a single rose, insignia of a knight of the rose. Beyond that, and previous mentions, uh, ranks, rank, rank, uh, di- uh, diagonal rank marks, and regimental insignia, the armor is blank. I should note to you, to the viewers, if previously mentioned otherwise, my bad. This is how it's going to be. Um, is it, it, it's very worn, isn't it? It is worn, quite, yes. It looks, it looks like it's been polished recently, but it's certainly seen combat. I tell. Well, um, look around the room and see if there's anything else of interest. Um, nothing additional apart from what I described last time. Lots of mementos of war. Goblinoid weapons, orc weapons, dark on weapons. Okay, I Julius. Probably, well, I should uh, probably explain to you what, what the what I mean by the dark on. The dark on are demonic forces um, from the abyss that, um, in the last war, which was about twenty years ago now, were well, not, not twenty years. Second, I need to check my notes. Ah, bit of a difference there, which ha- which occurred eight years ago. It came in from the abyss uh, after being summoned by a cult. 
Thankfully, the uh, work of a group known as Willy's Warriors managed to put it down and uh, destroy, destroy, destroy the plague demon that was leading them. Hold on. Willy's Warriors? Yes. Yes, Willy. Make way for Willy! What is that? One of your IP groups? That was my... Uh, well, that yeah, originally. It's uh, the, the adventuring group under... Who is now known... Well, who is now King Willy of the uh, Dwarves in Caracacot. Willy? Yes, William. Yes. William Mortisnafar. Yeah, I think William would sound in a bit more... But he's a dwarf. He's not going to say William. He's going to say Willy. Hey, Willy. Hey, Biggin, turn this here water into wine. <laughs> not that it matters to me. To be honest, it's not even my character, so... Couldn't care any less. Mm, much. Uh, Bick, Ness? Yeah, we, we, we kind of drifted um, off a lot more. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, Julius walks back to his bedroll and um, starts rolling it up. Mm-hmm. Turning to the priest and going, are you quite done with that prayer now? It is my solemn duty to honor the gods. Waste of time, blah, 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 I know. Were you out of character or in character? I can't. That was in character. Alex, you need to I kind of, get. You really do need to get an in character voice, mate. It's, it's starting to become difficult telling. Alright, alright. I'll think about it. Or I'll think about something. Or maybe like an accent or something? No, accents. No. Um, just a, I'll go with a darker tone instead. Remy, are you even alive over there? Yeah. Okay, just checking. I, I just turned off the mic so I don't get the, uh, Interference. Right. Yeah. Might be an idea not to do that so we can actually tell that you're alive. <laughs> Seriously, you, I don't think you've said a single word since you introduced yourself at the beginning. No, well, you said it was because... Hmm? I didn't catch that, Alex, was speaking. Oh, I, you just said uh, stay quiet until I arrive. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. Not bad. All right. No, cause, um, on a serious point though, guys, um, trying to focus. We kind of we are drifting off, myself included, a lot further than I'd want. Saying the banter's good, banter's lovable. Folk enjoy it. I hope. But really, we we we're, we're all here to kind of get the game through and kind of get Remy into the game. So I just want to kind of cut out the uh, bollocks. All right, all right. <clears throat> um, could you redo the solemn duty part, Rube? All right. Uh, could you ask the question again? All right. <laughs> You're quite done with your prayer now, priest. Tis my solemn duty to honor the gods and Elon specifically every day. Okay, I didn't ask for your life story. Just uh, never mind. The heavy footfalls of Ragnar can be heard descending the stairs. He is bare-chested, and his boots are undone. Beyond that, and a pair of leather trousers, he wears nothing, and his chest is a maze of scars. You boys awake? He asks, eyeing you. Wide awake. Hmm. 
We need something to eat. Make you some breakfast and a lunch. Presuming, of course, you haven't decided that you don't want to head into the woods. We're heading out. No worries. Very well. At that, Ragnar goes straight to the kitchen and begins preparing breakfast. Awkward silence. Which we could fill in with the moats. Um, <clears throat> yes, uh, Julius finishes packing up his things and gets his togs on. Unlike us, passless gamers. <laughs> Rube, is uh, Galroth doing anything? Uh, Galroth um, just sits down at the table. Very well. After a time, Ragnar comes across the room in the kitchen. He presents to you both a bowl of heated oats. And to Roland, he gives a mug of warm mead. And to Gaurav, a mug of water. Here, eat up. Thank you, Ragnar. Mm, thanks. Looks delish. <laughs> and Julia starts eating. The meal is bland, tasteless. It's certainly warm it's... and certainly brings a. What are you laughing about? <laughs> You're actually rolling the meals again. I am, I am. I'm rolling to see how. Yeah, he's more serious this time. Last time he threw a fit about it. I did not throw a fit. You I'm did throw a fit. Was it was mild- amusing. I was mildly irritated by your pestilence. No, that's not the one word to uh, use. What, what, why is my brain conspiring against me again? I don't know. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. The it meal was bland. bland and tasteless. It certainly wasn't even filling, but not something you would walk a mile to get. The mead, on the other hand, is quite sweet. It has a warming effect. When you drink it, it seems to sit in your stomach, warming you from your centre. It has a pleasant aftertaste. It hangs around at the back of your throat, full of honey. And it's just something else you can't quite put your finger on. Right, who's typing? Me. I'm fixing in the sheet. Right, um... So we're eating the meal. Mm-hmm. And... Ta-da! We've finished eating the meal. How exciting. How very in character could, of you, Rube. We could Gal- describe... Galroth finishes up the last bits of oats in his bowl and then drinks from drinks heavily from the wooden the the mug with water 
mug of water. Damn it! You don't have to correct every little thing. It's not like we're typing this. Or caring. You don't ever care, Danny. I know. It's because I'm a bastard. Aren't you, though? It's because his heart is as black as a piece of coal. I'm Danny, not the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jesus sometimes Christ, we it's got hard a laugh out of him. Holy shit! Guys, guys, <laughs> did you hear that? We got we actually got a noise out of him. My God, Remy's alive. <laughs> yes, let's throw a party. Wait, oh, okay. wait, let's get back in character. <clears throat> uh, yes, Julius finishes his oats as well, and um, it doesn't finish the uh, mead. Simply going to uh, the kitchen and putting the used uh, bowl and utensil down with with his um, meat. Galroth, sorry, continue. Galroth does the same, then sits back at the table. Were they sitting at the table? They were eating, weren't they? Never mind. Okay. Ragnar returns to you both and presents a small hemp bag. Here. This will do you over for the evening. He presents the bag to Roland. Right up. Inside the bag is half a loaf of bread, half a wheel of cheese, and some dried ham that weighs two pounds. Alright. Um, Just put it down as your inventory is lunch. Alright. Lunch. Okay, Rube, you, 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 did, you did really well by making yourself have a little uh, prayer and all, but you really disappointed me with the... Uh, what you did just then, so... I don't know what to say to you, man. Try and pull your finger out. What? What? What do you mean? With the... Roland eats tra-la-la. No, uh... Galaroth eats tra-la-la thing. Oh, what do you mean, Danny? That's what I meant. I feel so guilty. We're all happy to have a little fun in the game, but... That was disappointing. Let's just get in character. Mm. Hold on, hold on. I've still got the lunch in my backpack, so I'll just delete yeah, it. Yeah, delete that one. Yeah, I'll just take it out. Just take it out. Just out of curiosity, how much did it weigh last time? Uh, four pounds. <laughs> Ragnar must be getting a little bit sparse this time. Yeah, we've been staying so many times. <laughs> right. So it's, it's like the fourth time already. Yeah, it's actually the only second time we've done this one. Yeah, but we had to do it First recording. Oh, shit there. Yeah, we've done a scene about... We must have done it at least eight times now because of the uh, breaking. Mm. Um, basically, yeah. unfortunately, um, this scene was a scene we had to fiddle around with, with uh, Skype for about 20 billion times. And actually... Uh, guys, can I have a uh, time delay check? Okay. Check. Sure. Check. 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 Check.
Check, I, check. I think we're pretty close. I know, I was just seeing how long I could get you guys to do that for. <laughs> it was, that was confusing. Actually. Because everyone was saying check at different times. I know, but it seems to be okay actually, because recording length is a couple of thousand seconds. So it's, it's continues to see how long we can get at this. I think it's because I'm hosting now and my, am I better? <laughs> yes, you're yes, genetically different, baby. baby. You have a bigger e-penis than we have. Haha. <laughs> He's got to compensate with something. Damn mm, right. I know. Being British ain't enough. Anyway. Yep. Um, okay, guys. Awkward Ragnar, silence. Ragnar looks at the priest, eyeing him for a moment. He then moves across the room in long strides and opens the shutters. Outside, a white blanket of snow carpets the street. Howl's rooms, the road, all have disappeared beneath whiteness. Ragnar lets out a grunt of disapproval. Then turns back and eyes the priest. Then Roland. You boys got warm weather gear. Yeah, warm enough. You priest. I will. I will do fine, thank you. Ragnar eyes the priest's woolen robes. Then grunts. Here. He passes over. Silver pieces. Well, get yourself some warmer clothes from General Store. Any change, get yourself some torches. Pretty easy to get lost in them woods. If you are, you'll be needing the. Uh, you'll need it. Ah, uh, this is unexpected. My gratitude, and that of the theocracy, of course. Screw the theocracy. Just make sure you bring that boy back. Folks deserve to at least bury him. Galvaro's face seems to stiffen at a remark with that much weight. But he apparently decides not to say anything. Hmm. I suppose uh, we should be off then. What say you, Julius? Julius just nods. You go on ahead, priest. <laughs> I still have to put my shoes on. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just gonna. I'll go on ahead. You look at my ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just had to do that, sorry. I'm going to be a boss! Oh my god, am I hallucinating? You like men! Oh my god, you can see into my mind? No. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To all the listeners, uh, this is um, Metal Gear Awesome. If you haven't seen it, go do it now. It is awesome, it's hilariously funny. Yeah, just go to... 
Yeah, but the entire awesome series, uh, which can be found on Newgrounds, by the way, free uh, commercial. Yeah, okay. They've heard it. If they want to, they'll Google it if they want to know. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Your life focus. will be meaningless without it. It's my life for I, focus. This ramble was brought to you by... Hi, I'm Rube! <laughs> Hi, I'm Rube! I can't do the voice. <laughs> Hi, my voice gives <laughs> me superpowers! <laughs> All right, guys, <laughs> continue. I'll explain the end joke uh, during the law section later. Right. Um, <clears throat> all right. Before leaving, Julius uh, slams his fist onto his chest and bows to Ragnar, a warrior's salute. Ragnar's back stiffens, his feet moving together as he too slams his fist vertically again. Sorry, horizontal. What's a what's a line? Up and down is vertical, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Sands his fist horizontally against his chest. He offers a short bow, his steely eyes never leaving yours. Julius briefly nods, then turns around, picking up his backpack and heading out the door. The cold street. The wind blows against your flesh. Hairs stick up. Bitterly cold. The wind is so very strong. The snows are still falling. And looking down, you spy that the snow already is at your ankles. A brief glance across the streets reveals them to be empty. I would like a sense motive from um, Alex. Would you like to give me a sense motive? Mm, right Maybe. Uh, the day roller is a pile of shit. Forward slash R 1d20 plus your sense motive, motive, motive modifier, which you find on uh, your character's skills. I'm going to double check, but I'm pretty sure it's three. Don't forget to call out your uh, results of the Poker Home Canoe. Indeed. Um, my result was eight. Roland notices nothing out of the usual. Rube, would you like to give me a sense motive? Yeah, my, mo- my sense motive modifier is uh, two, I believe. Hold on. Sense motive two. Yeah. Or one D T plus two. I roll a six. Okay. Do both <laughs> either of you notice anything out of the usual as you stand in the cold, windy streets? Um Danny. Yep. Quick intermission. Uh as a uh, a cleric of Elont, can I um do I know the salute stands for? Do I just know it's it kind of looks warriorish, or do I know it's a warrior? Um, you have um, you've been you have the conscripted background feet, don't you? Yeah, so I know. Uh, yeah, it's it's the standard salute for the Kagian army. All right. Just avert just a uh, horizontal slamming of the fist against the chest. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know the uh, just like the pre-union. Um, Warhammer salute. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Shall we? Julius. Why should yes. we, why should we go now? Well, Ragnar suggested the trader. I figured that's a pretty good thing. You know, wouldn't last a minute in those clothes. I suppose you are right. That was a warrior salute, was it not? Did you serve in the military? A shiver runs down your spine, um, Galroth. There's a cold begins to bite through your thin green robes. This isn't the time to talk about this. Let's get going. I suppose. I lead the way to the trader. Okay, you make your way across, uh, next door. It's a sign that reads General Trading. The outside of the building is quaint. There's a small, closed shuttered window and an oaken door. The sign above it swings, much like the tavern sign, creaking away. Upon a chain. Let's go inside here. This cold is a bit too unwelcoming. Julius nods and follows Gallyrath's lead. As he opens the door <coughs> and enters. And in they dance. Oh, <laughs> little people. Anyway. No, but... Uh, the Duncan was his name, was it not? We won't know until we ask him, now will we? <laughs> I have to no, say. No, Duncan wasn't the name. <laughs> Aha, I was wrong. Wait, why am up. I pleased I about... Describe this goddamn thing. The general store is relatively large. Its walls and floor dominated by tall shelves, stacked with numerous knick-knacks and objects. Some of use of travellers, others for those in the village, farming utensils and small treats. Behind the counter sits in front of a burning fire, in a fireplace obviously, a handsome man, a strong lantern jaw, a wide smile, and locks of curly dark hair. In front of him stands an armoured figure. Remy, if you'd like to give a description of what our heroes of sin has invented. Uh, let's see. Most likely a man silhouetted by light. As... Uh, Turns around, you see uh, that it's actually an ever-burning torch stuck in his belt. He stands six feet four inches tall. He has uh, brown hair, brown eyes, tanned look. He's uh, wearing banded mail, carrying a long sword at his side, holding on to a he- uh, heavy shield. It doesn't have, it appear to have any markings on. Uh, any of his stuff. Uh, 
Greetings. Man behind the counter offers a small gesture of his hand and a slight bow of his head. Greetings, my friends. Welcome to my store. How may I humbly serve you today? He asks his accent, showing a distinct pendragoonic tilt. Yeah, I have that accent. We dialect, not accent, mate. Yeah, whatever. We uh, come looking for supplies. We would like to head out to the forest. And in this weather, my woolen robes will not suffice. No, no, of course not. In fact, I was just telling my friend here, uh, Mr. Moss, that uh, about the about the young stone lad. I presume that's who you talk of. Yes, we will attempt to offer the stone family at least closure, and hopefully to give them the chance to bury the, the bury their. Uh, Loved one. Yes, yes, that's very kind of you. No, I was just telling uh, Mr. Moss here about some, what I know of the, uh, the woods. He's uh, already agreed to go off and find the moss, there's the moss boy? <clears throat> Beg my pardon. The stone boy himself. Uh, he, sta- he takes a motion towards uh, the gentleman, apparently stepping back to allow him to introduce himself. Good days to you, sir. Briar's the name. Yes, I've uh, agreed to help uh, find the uh, boy. By blade and by honor, I will. Or come back with the body if I can't find him alive. You seem like a, an honorable gent. Why is it... No, 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 sorry. Let's not delve into that. That's too much. Um, Sorry. Rube, you're going to have to stop doing this, mate. I was going to have to make a no no take back rules. Which means you, what you say, you say. Oh, God. Just go, Galaroth trails off. Galaroth trails off, not really knowing what he'll say. He shakes his head for a second. And then starts talking again. Mr. Moss, it is? Yes. And by what name might we address you, then? You can call me Briar. Very well, Briar. Would you want to join us, then? It seems we have a common goal. More numbers, uh, never hurt anybody. That is the truth, yes. Julius, any objections? I don't see why not. I guess it couldn't hurt. It would be worse if we sent out several people for the same thing, and, well, we wouldn't want to end up in conflict, would we? 
that would be regrettable. Well, my dear uh, friend, would you like to uh, come have yourself fitted out for a robe? Yes, please. I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if we have any robes of your size. You're, you're quite a gentleman. However, we can at least probably get some breeches. Hmm. Perhaps um, your companion could do a favour for me while we fit you out. Or rather, What's I should that? say companions now that you're all together. Julius looks up to the trader. <laughs> <laughs> you mean me? Yes, sir. Um, no need you to do. Go travel to the... Excuse me. <clears throat> Bit of a frog in my throat there. <laughs> what I need you to do is travel to the north of the village. Now there you'll find a small farm. Cows, mostly. There's a house there that belongs to the, the Hans family. I need you to go there and bring... Have, a, have Mrs. Hans return the uh, measuring... She borrowed off me yesterday. Would you be able to do that? Uh, I'm not here to run errands. Very well, then. Fine, I'll do it. Yes, if you just go there, she should be in. And, uh, yes, once you've, once you've returned that, I should be able to properly fit your friend out. Until then, we can measure up, have a look, look at a few different colours. All right. Um, I guess I'll see you around then. That shouldn't be too long. Very well. Darling, yes. Okay, who's <coughs> clicking? I can hear a hell of a lot of clicking. Sorry. What are you doing? I was um, trying to silently readjust some of the backpack error um, inconsistencies. You know, blank. Uh, sorry. Cut it out. Alex, I'm sorry, Rube, I'm not going to sit through five hours cutting out each of your freaking clicks. Don't make them. My apologies. You can adjust your fucking backpack in your own bloody time. Not in the middle of a game when your attention is meant to be on the game. I am. You're not. You're not going to be on the game. Attention's not going to be on the game if you're too busy adjusting your backpack during the middle of a scene in which you are involved. How's about we um, continue? How's about you Indeed. listen to me next time? Uh, um, next next time, instead of repeating the same bloody mistakes again and again, game in, game out. I'll heed your advice. No worries. Make sure you do this time. Right, uh, Roland. Uh, yes. Uh, Julius heads out. Maybe I should just call him Roland, because everyone else is referring to him as Roland. That's because I've forgotten that he's called Julius. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Oh, listeners will have to figure that one out. Um, Julius quickly turns about and heads out the door. Right, now so I'm looking at the map. Uh, now, because we've got a pie split, who would like to uh, take the first scene first? It would, I think it would make most sense to keep it on the trading and then see mm-hmm. yeah. a little sidetrack. So, um, Julius and uh, what, Briar... I don't know. Uh, Remy hasn't said anything for the past half an hour. 
Well, he's just standing there watching as uh, the other guy gets fit, sizing him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Remy, mate, don't don't worry about just butting in to stick in a uh, character emote here and there or actually say something. Seriously, mate, feel free. Just... Inputs. Yeah, input. You don't want a silent player. <laughs> well, for a little while, uh, Briar will just watch... As the other guy gets sized up and uh, taking the uh, notice any types of uh, weapons or any types of uh, movement stances, determine if he's got military training or if he's just a general adventurer. All right, I would like a um, I want a standard D twenty roll, but add your your fighter levels to that. See if you can how much you gauge from him. That I rolled a ten. The gentleman before you does appear to have had some military training from his stance. How much, however, is undistinguishable. How about my weaponry? Weaponry, that's up to you. The uh, the man carries from a leather belt a um, warhammer branded with the symbol of Elont, his god. And uh, on the other side, on his uh, on his right hip, hangs a light uh, crossbow made from what appears to be oaken wood. Under his woolen cloth, you also notice he wears scale mail. And on his back... A heavy steel kite shield, again branded with the symbol of Elont, an anvil, which is to be precise, hangs there. Yeah. Consistent sentence. Not really. Done. Uh, but I have uh, known about this uh, god then. Should I do a religion? Um, to- no, no, I'm pretty... It's, it's- Pretty, pretty uh, easy for you to say that you do know of the this deity, considering you are a knight. Alright, and then he's obviously not a dwarf, so... Kind of scratching my chin and no, thinking... No, um, uh, I'll put in a point here. It was explained at the beginning of the first session um, that the deities all came from the same source. The dwarves happened to favour Elot more than any other god, hence why it's referred to as the dwarven god, but any race can go for any deity. It's not. So it's not, hold it's on. Not, <clears throat> sorry, uh, it's not uncommon for humans, elves, to follow Elon. So um, when when I say Elon, and I would I would, and if if there were an actual um, personification of Elon, he, he does not necessarily have to be a dwarf. No, he would it's depend just upon that the race. dwarves prefer him. It would depend upon the race that's. Seeing it. So the elves would see him as an elf, the humans would probably see him as a human, or an right. angelic figure, whatever. Okay. The dwarves would see him as a dwarf. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. Does that uh, uh, explain your, your little point there? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was wondering about that I was, for quite some time. I was more talking to Remy there. Oh, yeah, I kind of did mine too, so. <laughs> I'm just making sure. He's going to keep a steady eye on him and. 
notice to see if, uh, oh, if he's uh, seems to be around here type, or is mm-hmm. he uh, more for what type of a region he might uh, hail from? Well, from his accented dialect, you could safely say he's not a lad from Maynet. Or at least if he is, he hasn't been in Maynet for a time. The accent he uses is much like his friend. You can't quite pinpoint what accent it is. However, both do have set different accents. But it's not something that I would readily available uh, know about, like no. from Pendragon. No. Alright, I'm going to get a little less, uh, you know, tense around him as I've finally come to realize that he's not from there and, uh, just kind of, uh, watch how he moves and kind of, uh, see if he's, uh, more of a violent type or more of the, uh, actual, uh, priest type, uh, mm-hmm. once. Okay, the gentleman behind the counter presents a number of different robes to you. Unfortunately, Rube, none of them put, uh, fit. So he begins setting you up with a pair of leather trousers and uh, a wooden jumper. Well, uh, a jumper is uh, like a sweater. Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, right. Well, I reckon this will suffice. Do you have any gloves, perhaps? Gloves, yes, 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 yes we do. Uh, let me see here. Uh, rabbit skin would be good for you, yes? It'll be good enough, yes. Mm, Thank course. you. The man presents to you a thick pair of rabbit skin mittens. Mittens, not gloves. Not gloves, mittens. Okay. Yes, these will do nicely. So, you're not around here. No, sorry. <clears throat> you're not from around here, are you? Either of you, actually. Well, oh. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I said, uh, the gentleman asked, uh, said, you. you that you guys aren't around here, and stated that either of you aren't around here. Oh. I don't know about, um, um, Briar, was it? But, I have been around. Let it suffice to say. The man turns his head to Briar, a questioning look. Just passing through. Very well, very well. Would there be anything else you would like? Um, well, I've gotten the advice. With this temperature, it might be best if we bring along some torches. Ah, God yes, knows. torches. Hmm, let me see. How many would you like? Um, I think... How long can one torch burn? Um, well, hours, of, hours tend to uh, about an inch. 
Yes. It's just a, a, a wax inch. The man notices your, the blank look upon your face, offers a smile, a small nod of his head. An hour, sir. Mm. Thank you. It is not in my habit to uh, purchase my own torches. My apologies. They are usually provided by the theocracy. Mm-hmm. Well, how long do you tend to make your outing last? I'm not sure, as long as it needs to take, I suppose. Of course, Very well. Uh, five should do it. Man moves through his store and acquires five torches before strapping them together with some cord and passing the bundle to you. That's five torches, each weighing a pound each. Right. Torches. Location, uh, backpack, value, what's the value? The value is a tin piece each. Uh, one, is that one TP? Yeah. That's correct. Number five and weight? One pound each. One pound each. There we are. So you should put five in number one in weight. Yep. Okay. Will there be anything else, sir? I suppose. How much? Uh, how much would this all be? The jumper, the pair of trousers, and the torches. Oh, and the mittens, of course. That is just he tells you the price, which leave which leaves you with a few coins left, but not a lot. I'm not going to give you the exact price, just in case you want to buy any little bits, and it's kind of really not worth sitting here working out the exact price of money that the de- that the NPC is giving you. Maybe a hood. Might a be. hood, yes, well, of course. You'll be needing a cloak. Let's see here. The man sets about and acquires a fur-lined woolen cloak. It seems to be just a plain cap. So field cat fur, but it uh, will certainly be warm. The fur is on the inside, the wool on the out. Presents it to you and states the price, which leaves you just two copper pieces left. Oh, God. In total, after you yes. bought everything. Mm, this will suffice. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of character, a cloak. Am I supposed to... Um Envision something that hangs from the back, or something that you can pull all the way around you. Uh, the the latter. Right, perfect. Uh, just an interjection. Cloak. Hmm? Just an interjection. That would be what Roland was wearing. That was the reason why uh, Ragnar gave you the money because he saw that. Um, Roland right. Or okay. Had Good. Okay. If you want to abbreviate it onto your character sheet, you just put it down as a traveler's outfit. Value value of. Um, one silver piece, weight five pounds. Yep, traveller's outfit. Uh, location. Now I'll fill that in later. Value? Uh, one silver piece. One SP. And Number for, the list- and for the, list- the listeners at home, yes, he has been overcharged. <laughs> and the value and the value is 
uh, sorry, value is five silver. The weight is five pounds, and obviously you only have one. Would I be able to know that uh, he's getting overpriced then? Give me the praise check. Right. Uh, this could be fun. Hmm. Alex, are you muting yourself? Yeah, it's so that you don't get me going. <laughs> or, hey, I'm picking my nose. Yeah, don't do or, it because don't do it because you get a uh, every time you. Oh wow! Yourself. I got okay. a sixteen. <laughs> Very nice. You. Would I have much, my you're plus very two. much aware that this is overpriced. Give a slight little chuckle, but uh, he's uh, ripping off the theocracy from my point of view, so I, I, I'm not going to really raise much. I'm just going to kind of look down and okay. kind of avoid eye contact. Very much. Uh, Danny. Yes. Quick interdi- interjection, sorry. Uh, how much was the weight again? Five pounds, mate. Five, yeah, sorry. And sorry about the little having a rant at you earlier, but I'm just, it, it annoyed me that I, in a, pre- in a number of previous games, I've had to tell you about it, and you know how I get. You were completely in your rights. Right. That Carry on. It's so strained. You want to punch me, don't you? <laughs> uh, no, just more. We all want to punch Danny. It's part of the game. <laughs> yeah, Carry on. Punch you in, in in the crotch. Okay. Would be nice. Um, Mr. Moss, could you please add one point to your law chaos? Uh, where was it? Uh, add one to law. Add one to chaos. You should have. That's what he said, right? You should have 15 in law and 15 in good evil. So you should now have 16 in in law chaos, 15 in good and evil. Right, 15 in good evil, mm-hmm. and 16. law chaos was law, uh, 16. 16. All right. Nice. I suppose I'll um, close off the deal then. Right, very well. You hand the coin over, the man takes it with a smile. Not one that's saying, ha ha ha, I ripped you off, but there's a pleasant smile, which he adds to the coin purse upon his belt. Is there nothing else, sir? This will suffice. Perhaps my companion has a few more requisitions, but I'm done. Thank you. The man looks to Moss. Uh, Boss just uh, stands quietly by the door waiting for uh, the other friend to come back with the uh, measuring tape uh, Mm -hmm. to get a good look at him and gauge his uh, appropriateness in battle. Very well. Julius. You find yourself once again upon the cold streets. The sharp wind bites against your face. And it seems as if the snow is picking up in its intensity. Julius pauses, his cloak tighter. 
along the hood up as he heads off north towards the hands farm. As you head towards the hands farm, you happen to notice a solo figure heading down the road towards you. It is a, a young girl, about five foot three, slightly plump with a hood drawn, drawn over it, not over, a hood drawn up, partially hiding her face. Upon her back is a short bow, and a quiver too is in sight. She is wearing thick furs and woolen breeches, a woodsman's boots, and leather gloves upon her hands. In one hand, she clutches a small sack. Would there be anything uh, noticeable about this sack? Um, it's lumpy, so it's certainly containing something, but you can't really tell. There's, and there's no blood from it, she hasn't beheaded anybody. Okay, well uh, then Julius would probably just keep going. The girl offers you a smooth smile as you head past before continuing to head south down the road of the opposite direction to you. Um, <coughs> Julius simply nods, hurrying on with his duties. You arrive at the, st- at the uh, hands house. The door is closed, and the shutters draw. Uh, Julius no- uh, approaches the front door and uh, knocks on it. Hello? <coughs> Excuse me. An older man, oh. an older man opens the door and eyes you. His face twisted. What do you want? He barks. What's that? <clears throat> um, Instinctively, Julius pulls back. <clears throat> Here on behalf of the trader. Well, you can tell him to sod off. Excuse me? I said, well, you can tell him to sod off. I don't care. What are you worried for this? Why are you worried for this? It's me. <laughs> you as an old man. <laughs> no, just me when I'm woken up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if you're for you. Go on, you're off with you, you young scallywag. Is your wife in? <sighs> Yes, but Danny's lost the NPC shoot. I'll tell him to bloody f- well find it. Right. Danny, find the NPC sheet. You lazy bastard. There she is. Yes. Sarah! Come in! Sarah hands 
is much older than you. Sorry, is much older than you. She's a plump woman with her with braided hair. She smiles warmly to you and chews her husband away. Go on, off with you. Come in, traveller, come in. And how may I help you? <clears throat> this is about the trader. He needs measuring tape. Oh, yes. If you just stay, stay right here. I'll go get it right away. I knew I should have bought it earlier. There, there we go. She plucks it off the side and hands it to you with a broad smile. Thank you. New in town? Just passing through, really. Ah, uh -huh. very well. Well, have a pleasant day, and Fandos bless you. Mm, and you. Fandos can tell him to sod off. Oh, no, come on. You must behave. <laughs> Don't mind my husband. He's a bit grumpy. I'm not grumpy. I can just picture that as you. I'm sorry. Sort <laughs> off. I, I think I think I'm the only one who finds it hilarious. <laughs> I think I think Reuben and Remy are dead. <laughs> they died. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. there's no response from Remy, so I think it's safe to say we're gonna have to call the coroner. <laughs> hey, when yeah. I, I really wanted to say when the little red riding hood went past, I was gonna go. <laughs> you should have done. You should feel free to do things oh, that. It's God. funny. <laughs> Just not too much. There's a there's I a point. The point where I, I roll a rape village girl. No, that only worked when we were in the tavern. Rube, the point. You just jumped over it. <laughs> That's actually my function. I serve as um, I serve as someone who notes where the line is, and then I cross it. Mm. That's what I do. So you dance over it. You're like, ha ha ha, Danny doesn't I like am evil too. Reuben. I <laughs> am evil Reuben. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's get back in. Righto. I won't keep you any longer. Oh, here. For your time, the lady presses a single copper piece into your palm with a warm smile. Go and get yourself a mug of mead from the tavern. Thank you. What are you giving him money for? No, we have everybody around here. Oh, I'm dying. Can I have some money? She's just telling us sod off. <laughs> Julius, Come on, smile. Let's get you, your, get, let's get you a, a warm mug of water. No warm water. You've got to have your medication. No warm medication. Are you still standing here? Piss off. Julius's player is laughing too hard to tell him to piss off. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Julius um, grimaces at that and turns away and heads towards the um, trader once more. I want soup! It's the last thing you hear as the door is closed by the smiling woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you need a few moments, Alex? <coughs> yes. Uh, can I mute myself? No. <laughs> we like your laughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I died. Oh, I'm better now. 
<laughs> did we just like travel in time or something? I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're the only people that find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, he's making noise. <laughs> <laughs> shit, I almost crapped myself. Remy, give warning next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Julius looks around and uh, picks his nose. Oh, he looks around. <laughs> he would not pick his nose in this cold. It would be a unwise move. <laughs> shit, no, I look like you're right. Dollop. <laughs> anyway, I once got my uh, I once licked a lamppost and got my tongue stuck. <laughs> Why did you do that? Is it because you're the thickest member of world? It is. I wanted to see if it was possible. <laughs> if it actually happened, like in the movies. <laughs> I was about five. It's not my fault. <laughs> Hold on, I have a phone call. Oh, if I cry, I'll tell Francesca to piss off. It's not Francesca for well, Tell your mother sake. to piss off then. I will. I'll tell her. Um, I don't know. Hakim. Right, now he's mooted. Let's insult him while he's gone. Fucking hate Alex. You so know, is Ruben here? I don't know. Rube, are you awake? <laughs> Did he mute his own button and forget to turn it back on? I don't know. Who's committed Harikari? He's disgraced himself by typing uh, by typing and playing with his character sheet while he's in, in the game, and now he's committed suicide. <laughs> Ritual suicide for a D20. What's the modifier? Plus ten. Plus twenty if you eat five. Ooh, look! He he, he successfully hit committed Harikari. Brilliant. Seven, seven, Seventeen on the Harikari test. <laughs> now is that an attack you, against himself? What are you guys doing? We're waiting for you. <laughs> my apologies. Uh, my brother had apparently something to discuss, despite my numerous <laughs> contradictions. Uh, yes, God. ladies. Well, Alex has a phone call with his mother, so we're going to go back to you, you two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Galroth sits in the trader, waiting very impatiently for Alex to arrive. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately, it would turn out that Julius's trip has been in vain, as the trader has managed to successfully outfit you. <laughs> what would you like I roll a kill trader. Oh, God. No, can't, guys. Serious heads back on. Let's get going. So, you wear this armor? Where are you from, might I ask? From a bit ways away. All that matters is the here and now. I suppose. But, Galroth glances at the armor, trying to spot indicators of factions or ranks. 
uh, would that be a disguise check versus his sense motive? No, it's just you describing, I reckon, mm-hmm. your armor. If there is, there is. If there isn't, there isn't. Oh, there would be. Except he's going to try and hide that from the from a man of uh, religion, though. Hmm. Ah. Well, in that matter, Danny. Um. Yeah, we'll go disguise against spot. Spots or sense motive? Well, it depends. What? How are you trying to kind of what? What insignia is it, and how are you trying to conceal it? Uh, it's probably a, a ranked insignia or a family uh, mark upon uh, the shoulder okay, of so the you're armor. Have, you're going to have house insignia and your ranks. Okay, and how are you trying? Are you have you? Are we talking about scraping it off or uh, using his uh, cloak just to kind of pull okay, it over? Yeah, you know, when he was looking at the uh, other stuff. Disguise versus um, spots. Yep. Yeah. Actually, actually, we might go for. Uh, uh, now nah, we'll say we'll, yeah, we'll I'll stick with disguise versus spot. So his right. disguise check equals your DC on your spot check. Dear Briar, please. All right. Hello, I'm back. Yep. Welcome back. It is 13. So that's a DC 13 room spot check, Rube. Hold on, let me check my modifier. Spot 3. Bam! Wow. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, um, Remy, or Briar, seems to have rolled a 13 for disguise, and I have rolled a modified 20. Uh... Spot check against his disguise. So, yeah, Danny, take only, it away. Not only do you notice his rank insignia, house um, insignia, but I'm not even going to have you roll for identifying which house he's from. Which is... Take it away, uh, uh, Mr. Moss. Uh, it is the Rose family, a predominant uh, military family within the uh, Pendragoon area. They're uh, ranking generals and uh, high-end uh, bodyguards for the theocracy. Um, I think it's safe to say they are also the. Uh, they would also be the house that takes care of um, the theocrat's bodyguard himself. Well, I'm sorry, not take care. They are the theocrat's bodyguards. Um. Yeah. May I just have a little um, update on what's going on here? We've, we've, right. we've jumped back to the other scene. We haven't said much. Basically, uh, Alex... Uh, no, sorry, so Rube says that guys seem to believe, and basically we're trying to see if um, Moss could hide the insignia from Rube, and no, he didn't at all, ever. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Alex, presuming what, what, during this time, because nothing's going to happen from you, you going from the... Uh, the hands house to back to the trader. We're just gonna bring you in in a minute. Yeah, man, because I mean, there's not some dragon going to pop up in front of me and go, "Hey, I'm gonna eat you." <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Terribly sorry. I just have the munchies. 
stoned uh, um, dragon. <laughs> so, um, Danny, I I notice his uh, rank insignia. I'm not capable of of. You know, you note the rank insignia, but as before, before you don't have knowledge war warfare. So we're going to say no, but you don't know what rank it is. Right, but I do know that it's the Rose family and you who know, they are. You know who the Rose since, family. You know who they are because you are. You, since you, I'm you, a theocrat myself. Not theocrat. Hey, fuck off, are you? <laughs> I, I'm you're a what priest. I am. You're a member of the theocracy. Yeah. You're not the theocrat. A, no, I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the theocrat's the Pope. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you told me. Oh, by the way, I'm a Pope. <laughs> Level one Pope. Galroth's <laughs> <laughs> uh, face seems to tense. Well, not tense. It seems to light up for a second as he notices the House emblem of the Rose family. You, you are a member of the Rose House. I was. You and I give, <laughs> I give you a steely-eyed look as uh, not to press the subject with uh, my hand doesn't go to the uh, sword, but kind of sits at the belt, kind of like matters discussed and closed. Mm, I'm going to ask for a knowledge cake check, please. Knowledge cake is 1d20 plus 1. I roll a 4 on knowledge nothing, cake. Don't worry, you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, it appears you'd rather not... Discuss the subject. He nods. Alright, give me a knowledge religion now. Knowledge religion, 1d20 plus 3. 22. That's a lot better. Ooh, Holy crap. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, f- I'll fill you in on that information in a little while. So reflect your character, kind of mulling over the subject as the day goes by. Okay, so you failed the check, so you're not going to get it now, but you might get it later. Or you will get it later. Right. Good. Your friend likes to take a while, then? It's not very punctual? He seems to be a bit more disorderly when it comes to time, yes. What the bloody crap, what do you know of that? <laughs> oh, I am a priest. Just... I am. He's a priest. He's used to talking at his ass. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, God does not like him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Carry on. I'm sure he'll arrive soon enough. And by perhaps chance, you'd be able to tell me what uh, he does. <laughs> he is a traveller. Sorry, let me do that again. Seems to be some twat laughing over me. My bad, <laughs> my bad. I was half expecting you to say, uh, no, I won't be able to tell you that. <laughs> well, Rube, I have a clue. Uh, friendly suggestion, you can safely assume he's a warrior since you figured that out back at the, uh, back right. in Ragnar's cabin. Well, from what I know, 
He's a traveller, seems to me. A warrior of some sort. But I can't tell you anymore. You don't know where your friend's from or where he's going? Yeah, Alex, did, did I know this? Yes, no, and uh, yes, I don't, yeah. I don't think he told him where he was going. Or what, and he said he was from Prague, but that's very, 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 very bad a lie. He was like, "Yeah, Prague, sure." Mm-hmm. It's like uh, someone. It's like uh, it's like a Scot- Scotsman saying he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Brooklyn, son. You don't believe me? Well, fuck off. <laughs> okay, let's uh, pick. Did. Well, he's mentioned uh, his. <laughs> Sorry, this is the image. This is the image of a, <laughs> a Scotsman in Bro- coming from Brooklyn. Kiltonal. <laughs> yeah, Scotland. <laughs> you just imagine or, the, stero- or, the stereotypical or. Scotsman. Kilt, beret, the lot. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> I am from Brooklyn, son. He's, he's got a claymore in his hand. Guys, yeah, yeah. Guys, so, so, so the, guys, the full William Wallace get-up. Guys, <laughs> or someone from Brooklyn going to Scotland and saying, Hey, I'm Scottish, guys. Got a Brooklyn X. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Or a gentleman walking into the White House and going, Yes, I am from America. I am not Soviet spy. No. <laughs> I am President of America. <laughs> right, ladies, ladies, let's pick. Fuck you. Ladies. <laughs> yeah, um, Danny, what? Danny, That's you, just don't have, you don't have to get up at six in the morning tomorrow to go to no. school, so please. Oh, shut up, whining. I'm just saying. Well, well, I'm happy to go back in big. You're the one holding us up. Right, big everyone, shut up. <laughs> yes, mother. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he mentions he comes from Prague, but I don't know. Why the He's t- he sure is taking his time. Where are you from, if I may ask? Uh, Danny, we have discussed this. I am <laughs> from what? What's it called again? The Shalian town. Uh, the White Isle. So I come. I come from the White Isle, but I have uh, spent a lot of time in Maynets, right? Yep. That's the. Well, I, I, seem, basic. I seem, seem to remember your very sketchy background or something along the lines of you. You were born in Maynet, spent your early years there before fucking off to the White Isle. Right, okay. But as I say, your background was very, very sketchy. As I've uh, told the trader, I've been around, and that says enough, I believe. He puts his hand on his pommel, responding in kind to Briar's arguments. To Briar's rejection! The door to the... Trading opens and in steps Judith. Ah, you arrived. I was beginning to think we'd have to look for you before we find the stones, lad. No. (laughs) I see you're taking some of my wit, priest. I'd gladly have you return it. Mm. Anyway, trader, is your bloody measuring tape. Ah, thank you, sir. 
Unfortunately, we won't be needing it now, but... <laughs> uh, Thank you for getting it anyway, he says, taking the... Te- taking, the uh, taking the measuring tape and putting it onto the side. Well, Galroth is now wearing a slightly new attire. He's wearing a cloak with a hood, a fur-lined, I believe. Mm-hmm. Fur-lined woolen cloak. And under the cloak, you can see new breeches. Leather, were they? Yep. Leather breeches. Mm-hmm. And what was the sweater thing? It was a Christmas jumper. And a Christmas jumper in green and red. No, a, a jumper. Uh, yeah. Wool, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a woolen jumper. Also, out of his backpack, stick a few torches. Um, should we get uh, headed then? What's a good idea? I suppose. My yeah, uh, another thing. Hmm? Go. Another go thing, uh, Briar. Uh, Galroth's apparently key uh, answer to everything is he supposes. <laughs> In lack of a better answer. Yeah, it's, um, it's something I. I yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um. Just to just point out, it might be an idea to put some armor on. Oh. <laughs> shall we shall we prepare our initiative checks as well then? You might want to, yeah. <laughs> okay, um I reckon Can I don my armor over the Uh what is it? Uh, uh, uh scale mail. Uh it's only a tabard, so yeah. I suppose, well, you're prepared, brother, glancing at him again. But uh, perhaps we should um, don our armor as well. Can't tell whatever we'll find in the forest. Perhaps being prepared is the best measure. Priest has a point. Well, as they take about uh, four minutes of trying, or two minutes, they try to help each other don each other's armor. I take out my sword, whetstone, Seems sharpen it up. Erotic, don't you think? <laughs> oh, let's don each other's armor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a priest. I press wild flowers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, sharpening your blade for your whetstone. We'll give you plus one damage for your next attack. Nice, sharp, shiny. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure I can see every little bit. Galroth also undoes his cloak for, for a short time, taking out the shield and strapping it to his left wrist, leaving his left hand free if he desires, but he holds the shield. Right, and I've just, I've just received a player note. Ooh. <laughs> it appears that Julius's, Ju- Julius actually did take rather longer to return than he should have done. <laughs> uh. Why, because he had a wank? No, it's close, but no. No, 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 it's a player note, gotta keep it secret. 
Um, oh yes, just to remind you guys, you are able to send player notes to me via Skype by hovering over to my hovering over my name and click on the little blue thing that pops up, and you can send me a note, and only I'll be able to see it. <laughs> um, yes, Julius would be wearing just his regular outfit, which is uh, just commoner's clothing, really, and he's wearing a simple chain shirt over over that. <coughs> I just thought you should know. Thank you. Apparently, <laughs> I've received my pl- first player note of uselessness from Gal. Uh, sorry, R- R- Rube. Apparently, Gale's penis is quite large. <laughs> uh, that makes me suffer uh, um, a minus one balance issue. It'll make you suffer a minus one maturity issue, too. <laughs> yeah, all my knowledge has go down with one. Okay, Rube, Rube, don't abuse the notes, note thing. Know, you have to I look know. at every note you you send. So let's keep going. Come on, guys, drop, drop. Uh, just yeah. for example, for the two other players, um, for the salute, instead of suggesting it in game and halting uh, the role play, I suggested it with the notes, which is why you didn't hear about it until I did it. Which is why I made it seem it's make him seem really professional, which I actually wasn't ever. Right, it's good. <laughs> Are we? I suppose we head to the forest then. Oh, guys, guys, I think we've been quiet for too long. The, uh, the people used to ha- to house noise will get uh, discomfort. Right, everybody make lots of noise, make them feel comfortable again. All right, all right. Okay, and they should be comfortable now. What the? Rube. <laughs> that was me. Sorry. Alex. <laughs> How dare you prove that I really do just use Rube as a scapegoat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Um, shall, we <laughs> shall we carry on? We shall, yes. Okay, what's the plan, chaps? Uh, everyone follow Rube. <laughs> I'm <clears throat> right, guys. Galroth. Guys, um, Rube just told Rube sent me a note saying that he can make another 15 minutes. So that seems kind of a bit redundant. Cause we're at a good place to leave it now, really. Oh yeah, it's fine then. Uh, I, was I mean, you're just about to you're just about to actually set off on an adventure. Shock horror. <laughs> oh dear Christ. You may actually uh. get some adventuring in. So this is a save point. We can we can always quick load. <laughs> no, there's no quick load. No, there's no Damn. quick load in D and D. Unless you pay a DM, lots and lots. But no, uh, yeah. If we leave it here, then guys, and we reconvene next week. So what's next? What's going to happen next is um, I'm going to go through and talk about lore. So if anybody wants to listen, feel free. Um, other than that, I shall see you chaps next week. Right on. So if you're ready to call now, and then I'll start talking about war and bollocks. Right on. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow then. See you yeah. later, mate. Hey. Oh, XP. Le- you haven't got any. Never mind. Oh yeah. XP. Actually, yeah, yes, you, you have. You receive twenty-five point twenty-five XP for getting the measuring stick. <laughs> oh, right. that's in addition to the one before. That's yes, in addition. So you've, so you've got fifty so far. So. And you also get 25 XP for the RP between Roland, not Roland, um, 
Moss and Gareth because I quite enjoyed that. Right. So that'd be 487? 487. Okay. Cool. So yeah, we'll leave it there and we shall pick up next week when you guys actually actually set off to the woods, I hope. (laughs) Short, but pretty good along the way. Except when I had to rant at you. Yes, yeah, well, but that was before the game even started. And during the game. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Um, I would like a private word with the DM um, to get into his pants. Right, uh, Remy, would you like me to call you uh, back so you can listen to the lore, or will you be very prizing? Uh, I'd like to listen to the lore. Okay, that's cool. Well, I'll give you a call back after I've uh, raped Alex. And, Rude, I shall speak to you when I speak to you. Have a good sleep, mate, and I'll rape you yeah. tomorrow. Okay, rape later. to ask what what did you think of uh, the game except that it was slow and nothing really happened and we're back well, no, to where it's, we're it's, it's our game so nothing ever really does happen uh, Rube <laughs> annoyed the living hell out of me in the beginning yeah. but at the I, end of the day I handled that badly yeah but I felt like he did he did actually um what's, what's the word you know um do better when you mm. told him off. I felt like when you told him off, it was like he was uh, telling him off at first was good, but then you kept going. Yeah, that's that. I'm going and going. I felt like was reaching reaching like the boiling point where he mm. would have been able to say, well, you know what, fuck this, and then leave. And we don't want that. No, do we? No, we were, well, <sighs> that's always been. Did apologize though. Mm. Yeah, I apologize, which makes a fucking change for me. Well, it's good. It's a good. But no, I, good I enjoyed the group. I enjoyed the game. I, I thought uh, Remy was a good, a good addition. If he actually bloody would talk, <laughs> that'll come. He's just not used to us. And then, you know, he doesn't talk to us like every day, like you, me, and Rube do. No, not at the moment. Not, he, will, he will do when he, he gets used to it. Yeah, because you noticed by the end he was. Chuckling yeah, that was like, that, that was enjoyable. I, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was uh, nice and fun. Short, a little yeah. too short for my liking. But yeah, at the was. end, we can't. I think the thing is funny. 
I wanted to do, I wanted to make the duration longer this this event, and we ended up making it shorter. Indeed. But uh, it's the quality, not the quantity. Yeah, we fucked up on that one too, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. Fucked up on both things. It's short and crap. <laughs> Uh, there were be... there were improvements, I think. Yeah, there was some good, there's some good stuff, and that that prayer at the beginning uh, from Rook is good. Mm. And you can improve near the end. I think, I think the only only problem I had with that prayer was at the end. It kind of left it, kind of didn't really. Uh, word. Uh, didn't... I would have worded it. I would have worded it differently. Well, you know, we'd, we'd, um... we'd all worded it differently. I just I just felt <laughs> it kind of ended like a, abruptly. That's the word. Yeah, I would but have not... said like yes, and Elon will have me crack scores and. Slap wenches. Each each the end, uh, uh, their own. Rube's following Elon as a defender, as a, as a god, as as a sort of defense, defending god, yeah. rather than a destroying god. Which is is okay. that's, that's absolutely fine. I mean, hats off to him for not following the stereotypical god of war type thing. Um, but no, I, I think Rube's improving. I think it's good. Um, um, like I, said, I, I did, I did, I did go overboard with the uh, having a go at him. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I apologised. But the thing is, we—I mentioned it last game. I mentioned it the game before the game four, and it's just, again and again and again. I have to keep telling him. But I don't—I don't think he thinks about. It. I think he was just looking at his sheet, and well, while moving. while the conversation was focused on someone else, it's easy to do that. It's not mm-hmm. you shouldn't do it now, but it's easy to do. Yeah, I, it's just a, it's I, just I think he'll, he'll pick he'll pick it up eventually, which is I, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy to. Wait for him to pick it up as long as he's quite happy to listen to me rant at him every time. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, the, I think what, um, at the end of the day, you apologized, and that does a lot. You may think it's just an apology, but it, it means a lot to people to hear that. If they feel like they've done something wrong, and then the other person says, okay, look, that was, I went overboard. My fault. My bad. Just got not. My bad. So no, I, I, I did enjoy the game. Like I said, I, I haven't really got my fix. It was too short. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like to have a game. <laughs> Couldn't you and me do like a flashback thing? What do you think of the game? Yeah, let's um, have a bit of fireside chat. I do like it. I like the game. It's uh, I, uh, probably the more I get uh, used to you guys and uh, the you know gaming online kind of thing, mm. probably open up a bit more. Well, that, that's what uh, Alex was saying a minute ago. Yeah, in your defense, Danny was like, He's not fucking talking! <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Calm down, Danny, calm down. I stroke your heart off. <laughs> so I didn't want to re- interrupt you, you know, describing the situation, but I thought when, you know, Little Red Riding Hood started skipping by, I'm like, Oh, would this be a great time to go bounce? It would have been, it would have been a classic. It would have gone down in our history. You have to remember, we are the pantsless gamers. We're not, we're not meant to be serious all the time. We're meant to be insane, obnoxious, and generally unlikable. Stupid. Generally stupid, yeah. <laughs> um, the reason you said that about, the, um, about me sending you a note... <laughs> Should we reveal what actually was said? No, 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 it's not. No, no, keep it, keep it, keep, keep it in character. Keep it in character. Alright, alright. Kind of makes, redu- makes the notes redundant if we just tell everybody what it is anyway. Let <laughs> everybody. It's funny. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. You, you made the action. It's got to stay in the, stay in character. Fine. It's a good thing though having notes. Yes. No, we used to use it a lot in my PMP. But no, um, I I enjoyed the game. Um, 
the rant, as we just spoke about, was a bit meh, but at the end of the day, it happens. I'm not exactly the nicest DM to get along with. No, you're it's not. It's not a D&D session without a rant. That's true. It's, I mean, we, we, back in the PMP group, well, not PMP group, back in the last group, we had a thing where we knew it was a good game if we had an argument before it happened. Seriously, we'd all ha- we'd always ha- every Friday we'd have these blazing rows, and then of r- RP and the games would be great. It's everybody's it's fired because, up. It's because people channel that rage they have against you into their characters. <laughs> like fucking, I hate Danny the fucking cunt faced bollocks fucker. <laughs> it all play really well. Hmm. You know, I think, I think we're risking that this fireside chat is going to be longer than the actual gaming session. <laughs> it might be. But no, I think, I think it's good. We should have these discussions at the end of the game because uh, it's all well and good just having uh, the DM sit there and go, Hello there, children. I would like to take a moment to just, just talk beside the fire and roleplay. And actually have a bit of human contact. So, um, yeah. Alex, do you want to sod off and go talk to your other half? Fine, but I'll be back before long. Oh, great. And that will bring your head. Actually, Hello. I can't bring your head to yourself. That wouldn't really work. Mm. Anyway, I'm Pteridox. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. bye Right, this uh, stage of the conversation is basically, all we do is sit down here and I give out a bit of information about the world. Um, is there anything you want to say before we get going? Uh... Apart from the static spawn. That particular... <laughs> that w- nice. Uh, let's... Well, uh, the, for the uh, regions, that's uh, these are just... When it has, like, Pendragon, it's that... The capital city is Silverwing, ruling family of the Pendragon, masters of the houses, and stuff like that. Is, then is there, like... Uh, how does that break down, then? Um... I'm going to have to open up the player packet to try and understand exactly where you're coming from on that one. Let me close down all this crap. I mean, are these like different continents, or...? Ah, 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 no, no, this, 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 see, this is me being a lazy, lazy asshole DM. I meant to pull up a map, but I haven't got round to doing it. Oh, I might try and get it done this week. But actually, uh, if you pop into MSN, actually no, I should be able to send it over here. I actually have a map of uh, Mainnet, which might be a good idea for you to have. I'm meant to stick it into your player packet, and uh, listeners at home will have it soon enough once I've spoken to Hal, because I've managed to actually pass it on to Hal, so he has a copy. So hopefully it'll get hosted up soon. There. Send it over. So now I've become a pantsless gamer. Yes, you're a pantsless gamer. But, okay, <laughs> uh, basically, Keg is a continent-sized island. Um, I did work it out at some point, and I forgot, but I believe it's about the size of Australia. Now, uh, Pretty small, then. Australia is big, cock nugget. Compared to England, Australia is big. <laughs> Compared to America, everything's small, except Russia. <laughs> And Asia. Oh, shut up. But no, it's, it's an island continent about the size of Australia that uh, a few years ago had a king. King died. 
and had no uh, heir to the throne. So what ends up happening, the great houses, as I discussed last game, see, you should actually listen to the sessions. Asshole. I did listen to the sessions, I just wasn't able to get to the end because of layoffs and stuff like that. Mm. Those took precedent. <laughs> you have no dedication. <laughs> but uh, basically, the... Um, the, the great, the, the, the most powerful houses, which are mostly merchant and noble at the time, uh, decided, hey, there's no king. Bonus. And raised armies and went around kicking the crap out of each other, trying to take over as much of Keg as they could. And it's those great houses that uh, the uh, lands we have today, are the regions of Keg, are named after. So, Dominos, Pendragoon, Maynet. These were all the great houses that carved up Keg once uh, King Harold the Last died. Um, like I say, the, I will have a map up. I suppose I can promise next week sometime. Yeah, I was just going by the seat of my pants and trying to figure out what the, the different uh, places were and kind of uh, winging it from that. Yeah, and it's not overly important. I mean, you're not going to be, you're only level one, so you're not going to be doing any. Uh, Major traveling for a few levels. I mean, uh, the, the last group I had didn't go big traveling until about level five, and it's probably going to be about the same with this lot. Um, so, yeah, I believe I agreed I was going to talk about the falling out of the Eon and Shailene elves and how they came to be. So, without further ado, I shall begin with that. <clears throat> Many years ago, When the War of the Gods was still in the memory of mortals, there was a great city, and this city did sit upon Keg, and it was known as Babylon. Now Babylon nested in the middle of the, the middle of the region which is now known as Palexis. Babylon was ruled by the Babylonian elves, wise, fair-skinned, and gifted. The ways of magic and the chosen of the gods in the way of prayers. Unfortunately, that was not to last. As time went on, and the gods grew more and more distant from their world, the Babylonian elves began to wane in their loyalty, began to drift away, become more decadent. until the high priest, the uh, lord of Babylon, and then I suppose you could say the lord of Keg, decided that mortality was not for him. He would become a god. Drawing together his closest advisers and strongest warriors, he set out and quested to the location where the goddess of life fell to earth at the end of the end of the war of the gods. And they did find that place and they did gather the blood crystals that remained from where she fell. And using them, they began to drain the life forces of the humans and other captives, intending to place it in the high priest. Eventually he would attain godhood. Now, this was before 
the gods decided that meddling in the human affairs was not for them before Pandos wrote out the great laws. And so the gods, seeing this, seeing what the high priest was, was to do, decided that the arrogance of mortals needed to be taught a lesson. Babylon was crushed utterly, irrevocably, annihilated in a blink of an eye. The greatest nation the world had ever seen, gone. In a reign of fire and death and blood and hell. But all was not lost. No. Well, even in the most decadent societies, there are those that would remain true to the gods. Before Babylon was annihilated, the gods gifted a young dancing girl visions of the future. They showed her the great cataclysm, the death that would come from the high priest's arrogance and treacherous ways. They showed them, showed her this. But it tormented her. She ended up taking away her own sight in an attempt to see more. And see more she did. Without the distractions of mortal vision, she began to see such wondrous sights. The crystal city of the gods Paths beyond all that. She could see a myriad of futures stretching out before her. And as she danced, she would see. There were a few that would follow her. But as more and more decadent the high priest become, more flocked to her. She was seen as a true follower of the true gods. And so when the gods blessed her with a vision of what was to come, she led her followers northwards, away from Pelexus, through what would one day become Fairweather, over the Catassian Mountains and across the sea, until they reached led by their seer, reached the promised land, the White Isle. However, when Babylon fell, and the gods extracted their revenge, not all died, many survived, but the humans, they were angry. Many of their kind had died, suffered the elven arrogance. And so they rose up and struck back at elven kind. Those that survived the fall of Babylon were cut down, butchered women, children. Even those that were too old now to wield a blade were butchered by the hundreds. 
Those that survived those blackest of days fled north, the same as the White Isle Elf sisters, which now today are known as Shailene. Fled north, following the path of the Shailene, but they did not head through farewell. Nay, they nestled themselves inside a forest of black fawns, which then they decided to name Eorn the Morn. The Black Morning. There they built their cities and they plotted as those who are nearly immortal can do. They delved into the blackest of magics. They prayed to the darkest of demons. And one day they would have their revenge. And plots to this day they do for that revenge that you know that one day will come. For they are nearly immortal and have thousands of years to them whilst man mere flicker in comparison. And their greatest leaders would not die with certain pacts to certain gods and certain forces formed, they would never die. They would become as eternal as the stars. Our researchers know little of this. There are few that have left the harsh society of the Yuan Elves. There are a few here and there that have fled. Mostly die. Killed by our hands or by their own people, seems traitors. But from those that we have spoken to, they speak of leeches, beings that shall never die. Apparently these leeches serve a greater being. So the God we have never heard of before. But the Zeorns still speak Babylonian and our linguistics can translate vaguely the name that they have given this land. They call this god Mortican. The eternal end. The Eon and the Shailene despise each other. The Eon jealous that the Shailene lived, and the Shailene hateful of the Eon's corruption and dark ways. For many a long year, the Shailene were unheard of in the human lands. They were deemed a myth, a legend. Until recently, during the last war, they chose to come out of hiding. They joined the land of humans and offered their services. At first, of course, they were met with suspicion, but as battles continued and man became more and more desperate for aid, they joined the fight and were eventually um, accepted. Now, an eon 
can be noted by their tanned skin, whilst the shalene vary from a dusky grey, much like the drow of the mainlands and Yalatsin, to a pale white. Their hair is often grey, but other colours such as pale greens and light browns have been seen. Their eyes can be a myriad of different colours, grey being the most uncommon, but most common amongst those that have been gifted with the seer sight, the ability to see into the future. The Shailene have much larger ears than the Hewon. Whilst the Shailene's ear tips may measure two inches, three at most, the Eon are quite stumpier. The tips, I think, can be in comparison. Also, the slanting of the eyes for the Eon is much more prominent than on Shailene. Whilst the Shailene still possess the same Emerald. The same same uh, shaped eyes as the uh, Eon, they do not have the slant. We have heard rumours of Oriental lands, but we've not seen the size. But it could be said that the Elven have similar eyes to them. And that would conclude our tale.